As we all know, psychology is broadly applied in business, workplace, and organization. Business psychology, also known as industrial organizational psychology, combines the science of human psychology with practical business application to improve the work environment for employees, improve productivity in businesses, and organize groups of people in companies. In industrial organizational psychology, one of the areas studied within is human factors psychology or ergonomics, which studies the interface between workers, machines, and their physical environment. The ergonomic psychologists specifically seek to design machines to better support the workers using them. Psychologists may be involved in the design of work tools such as software, displays, or machines from the beginning of the design process or during the testing of an already developed product. One of the important aspects in this area of psychology is enhancing worker safety. Ergonomic research involves efforts to understand and improve interactions between technology systems and their human operators. Welcome to the Psychology Podcast, which is organized by the Psychology Student Society from International Islamic University, Malaysia, IIM. Assalamualaikum and hi, I am Saila Fikriya, a psychology student from IIM, and I will be your host to this Psychology Podcast talk on the topic of psychology and business, workplace and organization. Our guest today is Dr. Nordiana, an assistant professor at the Department of Psychology IIM. She trained in ergonomics known as human factors at Loughborough University and later applied psychology at the University of Nottingham. Her research interests are in the areas of public transport crowding and commuting stress as well as restorative effects of environments and environmental ergonomics. Her work collaborations extend to the investigating religiosity, occupational ergonomics and safety, work and women's well-being, as well as development and evaluation of interventions. Welcome to the Psychology Podcast Talk, Dr. Diana. Thank you very much, yeah, Sister Saila and the rest of the uh, Sidestar members. Yeah, First of all, thank you very much yeah, to everyone, yeah, especially to the uh, Students Association, Sidestar, yeah, for the invitation to attend to this uh, part, you know, to this series, to share my experiences. Ah, uh, yes, thank you very much, Dr. Diana. So, a moment ago, I talked about the areas that are covered within industrial and organizational. So, first, Dr. Can you briefly explain your experience involved in this field of psychology, especially when you are doing your research? Right. Uh, um, I graduated yeah, from a Bachelor Degree of Human Sciences Psychology from IIUM yeah, in 2000 under the scholarship of Malayan Banking Berhad, Maybank. And after I graduation, I joined uh, Maybank IFPO and then I moved to Tunadurazza University, Kranajaya, UNITA uh, to work at the Student Affairs Department. And then I rejoined yeah, IIUM in 2002 and then like uh, you rightly said, yeah, I went to Labrador University UK to do, to do my Master's in Agronomics. Yeah, and then I came back and worked at the department until 2007. Now, in 2008, I went back to the UK, yeah, this time to University of Nottingham to read my PhD in applied psychology. And uh, from there onward, yeah, I'm look, uh, my research here yeah, focus more on the understanding the nature yeah, and the process yeah, and outcomes of passenger crowding on trains. And I, I also investigated yeah, the dif different demand management options yeah, to mitigate this issue. De demand management option is how we manage crowds yeah, at public transport uh, station or any other station that involve a uh, large uh, amount of 
of people, yeah, like in stadiums and so on and so forth. So this is what we call as demand uh, management. Now, and then after that, yeah, uh, my research also um, extend yeah, into the study of uh, related setting, yeah, not only in the public transport uh, area, but also look at the large public uh, gatherings, yeah, for example, during Hajj yeah, and as well, as well as Umrah. So this is a collaborat uh, collaboration research that we had yeah, with uh, USM as well as UUM. And in that particular research, yeah, we are in particularly interested in whether, you know, the crowd behavior yeah, can uh, play a role uh, in evacuation planning, yeah, how to move the crowd during emergency situation, and I we also look at the overall crowd management, yeah, how to um uh, you know manage uh, crowd in that sense. Now, um, in uh, in terms of research as well, yeah, uh, we also look at the physiological parameters, yeah, of how uh, people respond to different types of environment, yeah. So in my uh, thesis, yeah, in my master's thesis, uh, I look a lot about thermal uh, performance, yeah, thermal uh, comfort, yeah, of uh, people in the crowds, yeah, especially how uh, that related to their uh, or affect, yeah, cognitive performance as well as their own behavior, uh, feelings, and so on and so forth, yeah. And then like you said yeah i also uh, look at uh, do or research yeah we also look at research yeah that involve religiosity yeah and then uh, with my um, industrial and organizational uh, psychology students we also look at uh, safety behavioral uh, behavioral based safety intervention and uh, also about mobility and women's well-being as well as developing and uh, evaluating interventions so i hope uh, that uh, answers your question that actually very clear and it is very interesting to know that you are working in that kind of place or environment uh, and especially about the demand management i really like how you explain that you are really into that demand management and it is very interesting to hear so doctor mm. i would like to know about how psychology could be applied in business or organization and what is the difference or how is it related Right. Now, the scope of psychology is very huge. Yeah, I think uh, we, ne we need not yeah, limit ourselves to only clinical side, counseling side, and so on and so forth. So I think this is where, you know, the effort of Psychstar uh, to expand yeah, the knowledge, the awareness, awareness about other types of uh, psychology is very important. So like I said, yeah, the scope of psychology is huge. Yeah, Applied psychology in particular is relevant to profession ranging from human resources to marketing, from teaching to healthcare and from criminal justice to design yeah so it may appear eh, as if psychology especially io psychology yeah, have many similarities with business administration or human resources management because you can see that all these fields yeah deal with organization at workplaces but yeah for me if we look at the field in a more detailed manner yeah a more deeper uh, you know perspective, you can see that psychology tend to put much stronger focus on scientific reasoning, yeah, scientific method, data and evidence in the practice and decision-making progress within the business and organization. In other words, yeah, within organizational setting, yeah, psychologists will use their knowledge, yeah, will use their skills to understand how people function yeah, in organization. Yeah. How can we improve employee um, behavior, yeah, employee attitudes, employee performance, and thus help maximize the organization's success? And for that reason, we focus on issues relating to employee selection, employee assessment. Yeah, how do we select people yeah, to our organization? How do we assess them? Yeah, how we under, can uh, increase their performance? Yeah, how can we appraise their performance? And what kind of leadership? 
type yeah that can be or a skill or training that can be uh, done yeah for to improve uh, uh, the managers yeah what kind of uh, issues affecting the staffing yeah organ their organizational behavior management teams yeah workplace safety diversity as well as work life balance now if you look at business yeah mba or uh, human resource management they focus more on issues here yeah, or topics like finance marketing accounting economics yeah, operation management and so on and so forth but in io psychology yeah when we look at uh you know uh in business setting we focus more on the employee selection uh organization psychology behavior psychometry yeah, assessment training and development but with a strong focus on scientific reasoning and scientific method okay Yes, Doctor, that actually answered perfectly, and as well my curiosity also. And so, Doctor, we maybe move to the next question. So recently, I've been browsing through some websites about how psychology can help or ensure workers' safety in an organization. So I found that one of the methods used to reduce accidents in the workplace is a checklist. Perhaps you can elaborate more on how the checklist can actually reduce accidents in the workplace. Right. I think, uh, thank you, Saila, yeah, for the uh, question. But before I touch about the use yeah, uh, of checklist in ergonomic, or, you know, in ergonomic and human factors, um, may I take a few minutes just to, you know, uh, you know brief uh, the audience about uh, this particular area? Because I think maybe some may, uh, you know, have a bit of uh, confusion. Is it ergonomics or is it economics? Yeah, we got that a lot. I received that a lot. Yeah, ergonomics, lah, economics, lah, and so on and so forth. So I think just to give you an overview yeah and and the audience and uh, an overview about what is ergonomics yeah it is actually a study yeah that is concerned yeah with the interactions of fit yeah between people and their working environments and there are also several other uh, names yeah for ergonomics yeah for example human factors or even engineering psychology yeah, uh, so uh, ergonomics, human factors or engineering psychology are the three terms that are used interchangeably. But, but essentially, all these uh, terms, yeah, or this field basically is about designing for people, yeah, wherever they interact with products, with systems or processes. So there are lots of topics, yeah, that are discussed and skills, yeah that are being imparted yeah, on uh, issues such as uh, anthropometry yeah, about the study about bo uh, body dimension yeah, of, uh, of uh, people, biomechanics, yeah, the study of how we move yeah, our body in the, uh, especially in the, in the, at the workplace, yeah, how uh, let's say for example uh, drilling work, yeah, uh, how the body moves, the biomechanics yeah, in the uh, sport, how uh, the athletes move and so on and so forth. We also look at human-machine interaction, yeah, human-machine interaction especially you know, uh, in, in terms of uh, making a design of a system, uh, which task should be done by human, which task yeah, should be done by machine, uh, something like that. Yeah? And then we also look at the design of workspaces, yeah, the design of job, yeah? and uh, we also study or assess yeah, occupational hazards and skills, occupational stress, and together with the associated intervention. Uh, so this alone, yeah, basically differentiate yeah, um, uh, ergonomics of human factors of engineering uh, psychology from you know other subfield yeah, of I.O. Now coming back to your question, yeah, uh, remember just now I said yeah one of the topic yeah or issues that are dealt within uh, ergonomics of human factors is occupational hazards and risks. So checklist yeah uh, is actually under 
that you know umbrella yeah so in terms of uh, assessing yeah occupational hazard and check, uh, and risk checklist is one the, of the many tools yeah that we use when we conduct ergonomic audits as well as uh, ergonomic risk assessment now what is actually the meaning of ergonomic audits yeah ergonomic risk assessment this is basically a process whereby we, uh, we, we will go to a specific organization, yeah, specific workplace, specific work, uh, setting, and we do the auditing. We check the ergonomic aspect, yeah, the risks that are uh, existing in that particular organization. Yeah, and the risk can come from many aspects. Lah, yeah, it can be from maybe is there any chemical risk? Yeah, is there any uh, you know, uh, ergonomic risk? Yeah, uh, works uh, related musculoskeletal disorders, uh, back pain, and so on so forth so there are quite a number of uh, uh things lah yeah factors that we look in ergonomic audits and risk assessment and in my uh specialization yeah for my master's uh dissertation i look more on the uh environmental risk yeah especially about the thermal comfort yeah panas tak panas or you know uh what, how the heat yeah how the thermal environment affect uh, individuals yeah at, at the uh, specific workplace now coming back to your uh, question again yeah like i said yeah checklist is one of the many tools that we use when we conduct these ergonomic audits or ergonomic risk assessment so in fact yeah department of occupational safety and health yeah, malaysia dosh and nayosh malaysia included checklists in their guidelines on ergonomic risk assessment at workplace yeah uh, uh, so they are actually considered as uh, an official yeah, type of method or tool yeah, to assess uh, risk. Now, how can they be used yeah, to reduce an accident? To answer this question, I can say that the information provided by the checklist can be used to estimate risk in the workplace. Estimate risk ni maksudnya, yeah, uh, it means that we can calculate the severity of a hazard yeah, and the likelihood of its occurrence. So again, this is where the statistics comes in. Yeah, the data comes in. Kita boleh, yeah, we can actually calculate, approximate, yeah, and estimate the severity of hazard. Yeah, is it very severe? What is the consequences of this um, hazard? Is it very severe? For example, it very dangerous, cause a lot of harm, or not dangerous at all, or minimal risk. And also, we can estimate the likelihood probability as i think though all of you have uh, they have taken psychological statistic i think you can understand the concepts of probability the chance yeah the likelihood of something uh, to happen so here the likelihood of the uh, accident yeah the hazard yeah can uh, occur and will impact on the uh, workers so after we have done this risk estimation yeah at the end of it we can obtain risk rating yeah, a rate, the rating of the risk. Maksud katanya, in other words, which hazard is very high risk, which one is medium risk, and which one is low risk. And with this kind of information, we can then prioritize the interventions and control measure. Apa nak buat? So now we do have the data. So now what? What to do? How can we make yeah, uh, the workers more comfortable, more uh, safer? Yeah and they are more satisfied yeah, uh, at their workplace and at the same time increase their uh, performance. So that for, uh, uh, in that sense, yeah, uh, this is where uh, checklists come in. So yeah, all of that information 
can be obtained from the checklist. And again, the checklist yeah, that we have yeah, uh, are varied. Yeah, there, are, there are many checklists for, uh, you know, if you want to assess uh, risk, yeah, there are HAZOP, there are HIRAC, yeah, uh, and then uh, there are also economic checklists by the NIOSH, uh, thermal uh, comfort checklist, and so on and so forth. So there are many standardized tools in that sense. It's not one checklist that we can just say, oh, I'm going to develop a checklist, uh, Nordiana's checklist, and I'm going to use that. Tak boleh lah. No, they are actually uh, official standardized tools as well yeah, in this particular area. So I see. <clears throat> when you estimate that and then the outcome will be uh, the, re the number of uh, accidents is reduced because of the checklist. Oh. Uh, not not necessarily the number of the mm -hmm. uh, ac uh, accidents. It's not that direct yeah, uh, causation relationship. It's from the checklist, yeah, we bring the checklist at the workplace. Yeah, we check the uh, hazards that are available that are existing in that particular workplace. Kita take kita and then we rank. Yeah, we can get the rating of those uh, hazard. Which one is high risk? Which one is medium risk? And which one is low risk? And with that information, yeah, we can prioritize the intervention and control. And when we do the intervention and control measure, and and therefore we can see. Yeah, we can start seeing the reduction in the accidents, uh, accident rates at the workplace lah. It's not just direct. Yeah, at the checklist, yeah, of course, uh, you do the checklist and then automatically the accidents in the workplace will be reduced. No, checklist is the tool that will give the information on what kind of uh, intervention or control measures that can be done, that should be done by the uh, organisation. Okay. So, maksud katanya, for example, yeah, from the checklist, there is a high risk rating, yeah, high risk of chemical exposure to the workers, yeah, at the uh, at the workplace, high risk of chemical uh, exposure, yeah, uh, for the workers at the workplace. So when it is tagged, yeah, kita tengok, we estimate it. Uh, the hazard as a very high risk. So what the employer will do, okay, what kind of intervention, what kind of control measures that uh, can be done to minimize, yeah, to minimize the exposure of the chemical. Uh, so jadi kata, kata for, for example, give the person, uh, you know, PPE, yeah, uh, personal protective equipment or maybe, you know, isolate uh, uh, the storage of the chemical uh, in a specific place and so on and so forth. So when that intervention or control measures are taken, it therefore can reduce the accident rate. I hope that example is clear. All right. Uh, it's very clear and perfectly understood and so there is no direct relationship but there are actually um, steps to reduce not just by the checklist. Yeah, correct. Sebab oh, nanti orang kata, no lah, the checklist, I have lots of checklists but you know, accidents still high. Ah, dia tak ada. If, if the checklist are just a tool yeah, to get the information, to the yes, data to get the information, right? All right. So, doctor, for your information, we have collected a few questions from students regarding our topic for today. Please stay tuned to the part two for this episode to hear more from our speaker.